It's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat. But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile when his shorts aren't too tight in the seat. <laughs> okay, Pookie, do the podcast. Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Well, hello there, fellow watchers. Welcome back. It's Born to Watch. I'm Whitey, and we're here for another sparkling episode. And today's an interesting one. This is a long and beloved movie of mine for many years, and I'm not going to go off early as I normally do, but it was definitely an interesting rewatch this time around. Caddyshack is every golfer's rite of passage, and it will be interesting to see whether this being a golfer is the only reason I like this movie. Let's meet the team. How are you, Gal? Great. Uh, looking forward to this episode. Straight direct from Bushwood Country Club. Direct. Yeah, it's been been a while since I've been back to Bushwood, but uh, yeah, interesting on the rewatch, as you said. So we'll get uh, right into that, I'm sure. But uh, yeah. I don't make movies like this anymore. No, no. One of, one of the old gold that we watched for a long, long time. Absolutely. Dan, how are you made up there on the land? Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Big week on the land. I, I caught a bit of the podcast. Uh, thanks for Damo for subbing in for me last week. So uh, yeah, it was very entertaining. I thought that he did a great job on podcasting. Yeah, uh, Damo's a very good super sub, but it's uh, it's good to have the team back together. Look, uh, Caddyshack released in 1980, and with four comic geniuses involved, this movie was bound to succeed. But after a long-standing feud, the weather, a very loose script, and a penchant for the white powder nearly derailed the movie. After a 35-year love affair for me with Caddyshack, on this rewatch with a critical eye, I wonder if it held up. When did we first see this movie? Yeah. I'm going to run with the standard. I don't know. It was <laughs> 1980, so I, I couldn't tell you when I first saw it. I've seen it a lot of times. I know that. But, uh, Do you reckon yeah. it was in the 80s you saw it for the first time? Probably late 80s, I think. It yeah. had to be around this. I'm sure it was around high school time, Yeah, but, uh, but no earlier than that for sure. Yeah. What about you, Dan? You got any thoughts when, when you saw it? Have we watched this movie together? I actually don't think we would have, to be honest. I've got a feeling that it is just because you are golf lords, both of you, that you're so into this movie because I need to admit straight up that I don't know that I've seen this movie in its entirety ever. Really? I can tell you that I I knew every scene. So I watched it this week, of course, just to uh, reacquaint myself. And I was like... I, I can't remember a 90 or a 100-minute stretch where I've, I've watched it all, and it might be for the, because of the fact that I think golf is very lame, Millhouse. So that might uh, – <laughs> pretty lame, Millhouse. That might be why I don't uh, – I haven't orbited around it as much. And Flipper uh, was up here, obviously, over, uh, over New Year, and he loves this movie as well, and he's not a golfer's asshole. So I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, knew all, I knew all the scenes. Knew all the scenes. Yeah, I'd see when I don't know when I first watched it, but I wasn't into golf back then. I didn't get into golf till a bit later. So yeah. I don't know if it was around because 
Stripes had been out. I mean, you know, you watch Stripes into into Ghostbusters, into this, you know, the same sort of guys yeah. in there. So it was around that that stage. I think for me, it was it was definitely I did see it in the eighties, but it wasn't wasn't until I started playing golf regularly, which really wasn't until I was sort of 18, 19, 20, playing with uh, old King Brown and, and Udzi, that they were massive fans of the pod, of, of uh, Caddyshack, huge fans of the podcast, but huge fans of Caddyshack. And the quotes that they would say when we we're on the golf course, I just found myself playing golf and then having to go and watch Caddyshack because they'd be, uh, you know, put me down for five or, you know, there'd be like a quote every fucking yeah. five minutes from them about this movie. So... I owe a lot of my love to Caddyshack to those two guys. But it's an interesting question which we will pose about uh, about whether the love of golf directly correlates to a love of Caddyshack. But we'll get to that. Anyway, here's the trailer, boys. Welcome to the Bushwood Country Club. The membership's exclusive. You think I'd join this crummy snobatorium? The help is outrageous. <laughs> The madness is contagious. Bad language, fooling around on the course, poor caddying. What is whole place? Caddyshack, starring Chevy Chase as Ty Webb. Who is that disgusting man over there? A sportsman who really knows how to score. So what brings you to this uh, nape of the woods, neck of the wave? How come you're here? Rodney Dangerfield as Al Servant, a big shot. My dinky's bigger than your whole boat! With an even bigger mouth. <laughs> Hey, somebody step on a duck. <laughs> Ted Knight as Judge Smales, a man of dignity <laughs> and a sense of fair play. I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Michael O'Keefe as Danny Noonan, a caddy who wants an education and gets one. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. Cindy Morgan as Lacey Underall. She's got a bad reputation and she's working hard to keep it. You want to tie me up with some of your ties? And Bill Murray as Carl Spackler. Uh, just a harmless squirrel, not a plastic explosive or anything. Nothing to be worried about. He's not crazy about gophers, <coughs> but he is crazy. License to kill gophers by the government of the United Nations. And introducing Mr. Gopher as himself. I said freeze, gopher! Caddyshack. It's all about swinging. Kiss me, you fool. But not on the course. Hey, you want to make $14 the hard way? Ah! Playing a good game. Yes, oh, he got all of that one. And talking a better one. Hey, I should have stayed home and played with myself. Taking shots. That was a bum shot. And making time. We couldn't possibly think less of each other. Controlling your drives. Wow. And losing your grip. Ah! It is! You! Out! Or the man's a menace! Caddyshack, the comedy with... Well, there we go. Some of the best quotes in that trailer. Yeah, it covers the quite a few of the whole it? fucking movie. What? That was the longest <laughs> trailer in history. <laughs> the two minutes and 30 seconds generally... You know, it's about it's enough time for Gao to go out, get one away, come back. He's ready to go. Plenty no, of time. It's, whip it out, whip it in. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Okay, so here I've got over and under set at twenty five. I think we know where Dan's at on that. We're going to go unders for you, Daniel. Yeah, ter- the unders for sure. Yeah. What about you, Gao? 
I don't know if I'm 25, but I'd be I'd be 20ish. I think I've I've watched it a lot of times. Not not you know it was every movie, not recently, yeah. but uh, that's the first time I've watched it now for for a long time. But yeah, somewhere somewhere 15 to 20, I'd say. Look, I'm overs. I'm well overs. I, I'd be probably up around 50, I reckon. Right, this really. Movie. Watch this a lot and enjoy it, and still sort of enjoy it. I, I, it's funny, man. It's I don't know whether we and we'll get into it. I'm sure, but is it a movie? Is it not a movie? I don't know. Let's let's wait and find out. It's a time capsule. It is. So, Gal, why don't you tell us a bit about Caddyshack? All right. At last, a comedy with balls. Greenskeeper Carl Spackler is about to start World War III against a gopher. Pompous Judge Smales plays to win, but his nubile niece, Lacey Underall, wants to score her own way. Playboy Ty Webb shoots perfect golf by becoming the ball, and country club loudmouth Al Zervik just doubled $20,000 bet on a 10-foot putt. Insanity? No. Caddyshack. Chevy Chase, Ronnie Dangerfield, Bill Murray, and Ted Knight tee off for a side-splitting round of fairway foolishness that does for golf what National Lampoon's Animal House did for fraternities and Police Academy did for law enforcement. With hitmaker Harold Ramis in the director's chair, the virtuoso comic skills of all four blend into a riotous hole-in-one for comedy fans of Caddyshack. The term golf nut takes on a deranged double meaning and nonstop laughter is par for the course. So there you go, DVD cover. Yeah. Kind of covers everything. It sort of does. But it's the, the synopsis reads a little bit jumbled. You know, it's a bit everywhere, a bit like the movie really. Well, the movie does. There's no around, plot, doesn't it? There's no yeah. plot, let's no. be honest. And it's funny that they lead with the thing that was end, that was actually added to the movie at the end after it was all done. Yeah, that's right. So the lead with the gopher. All right, Which I look, don't think the writer was too happy with. Well, not Brian Dormari, well, but the other writer. No, the writer wasn't very happy with it at all. Uh, look, okay, critical thinking. So the ratings here, IMDb have Caddyshack at 7.2 out of 10. Tomato meter, 73%, certified fresh, and the audience score of 87%. So this is an audience favourite. And it's actually better critically acclaimed than I anticipated it being. And I'll tell you why. So, Morgs, here's a new thing. You would have missed it last week. We, we read a good and a bad review from a couple of reviewers. Ooh. Just a short little paragraph here. So we've got a good, a good review from Joseph Gelmas of Newsday, and this was written in 2020. Oh, Caddyshack. Joey. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Caddyshack is an above-average example of the overinflated B-movie gag film genre because of its expert performances. Now, that's a good review. Okay. The bad review, and here's, here's Davey Care. Now, we had him last week. He's doubling up on the, on the bad reviews here from the Chicago Reader. This one was in 2004. The first time director Harold Ramis can't hold it together. The picture lurches from style to style, including some ill-paced whimsy with a gopher puppet and collapses somewhere between sitcom and sketch farce. That's interesting. It is. Well, seeing they all come out of sitcom slash sketch yeah, exactly. comedy. There you know, was director there, included. There was another review that said they should have hired the gopher to write the script. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so look, not very favourable with with critics of the of the hoi polloi. All right, Gao, tell us about the cast. All right, let's start with Chevy Chase. So born Cornelius Crane Chase in nineteen forty three. So he's eighty this year. Yeah, Chevy. Um, his grandmother gave him the nickname Chevy when he was two years old. Um, but he got his start in Saturday Night Live. So he was on there from 1975 uh, and was there for two years until 1976. And that's when he started his film career. And, and he was pretty hot back then. He, he was uh, 
He was massive. He was massive. So, yeah. Look, foul play in 1978 with Goldie Horn. Haven't seen that one for a long, long time. Do you remember that? No, not for a long oh. time. Um, and then Caddyshack in 1980. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, obviously, into that franchise as Clark Griswold. That was one 83. The, one of the great movies. Yeah. Awesome. Still movie. today. Yep. Still holds up. Yeah. And Fletch, 85. Fletch is a really good movie. Some great lines yep. in that one, too. But you know there's a new Fletch movie with John Hamm? I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen anything yeah. of it. I yeah, well, it's that. sort of it's been released under the, like under the radar big time. I've got to try and look it up. Apparently, it's not bad. Okay, I'm sure it'll be shit, but apparently, <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, but yeah, look, European Vacation in '85, uh, Spies Like Us at '85, The Three Amigos in '86. I watched that about three weeks ago. What do you think? Oh, I don't. I didn't like it. I don't like the Three Amigos. I, I think it just had a couple. You know, had the iconic the Three Amigos. You had a couple dance. scenes. What about you, um, Morgs? Where do you sit on the Three Amigos? I haven't seen it for so long. I just I'm, I'm picturing the three amigos. Ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha. Yeah, that's all that's I can it. really remember from the yeah. uh, the uh, the film. So now I'll have to give it a review. I can't give you a. I remember on the it spot didn't grab to... me at the time. I, I was mm. not a huge three amigos fan. No, and on the rewatch, it, it look maybe it was funny at the time. They were big stars, the three of them. But uh, it's not. It's not super funny. It's very slapstick. Um, it's it's a bit of an easy rewatch. It's it's not. Yeah, you know, not anything great. But uh, yeah, look. Moving on from there, he was the next thing he was in was Paul Simon video clip. You can call, call me out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was really Great big song. at the time. Great song. And then Caddyshack two eighty eight. Awful. Never seen it. I Dan can't Aykroyd, remember seeing it. Dan Aykroyd stars it instead of Bill Murray. Ah, uh, does it's he? Awful. Yeah, I, I think that's why. Yeah. Fletch lives, which wasn't too bad. I think Fletch lives was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. From memory. Yeah. Um, and then Christmas Vacation, and then Vegas Vacation ninety seven. And then, of course, later in his career into Community. So he spent, what, five or six years in That's a community. great show, Community. Yeah. The first three and a half seasons or first full yeah, three and a half seasons is amazing of Community. Yeah, it's good. Really, really good. Gets Loses it at the back end. Yeah. And then he got punted from that anyway. He was, apparently, he's, a, he's like an absolute asshole in yep. real life. No, yeah. That's come up a lot. And he's obviously had fights with Bill Murray yeah. and, and a lot of cast members and was not invited back to, to host SNL yep. after his years there. Yep. But uh, look, a couple of sliding doors. He he turned down American Beauty in '99, Kevin Spacey's role. He preferred to do family-oriented films. Which, Shit. looking at that back catalogue, you can understand. Yeah. Um, the role of Otter in Animal House was written for him. That uh, that role went to Tim Matheson though, because uh, John Landis didn't want it to become a Saturday Night Live film with all the stars, John Belushi, you know, the rest of them in there. So, um. Yeah, he went out of that, and that's when he filmed Foul Play instead. Okay. Uh, turned down the role of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story in 95. That's a bad um, call. Yeah, because his agent advised him against it. That's a bad And call. that was Tim Allen's role. Yep. But he was interested in doing it, and his agent told him not to. So Bad call. Yeah, bad, bad call. It was a bad call, Ripley. It was a bad call. They both fly the gear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Tim Allen yeah, was he was he was in the beers, wasn't he? Didn't he? But didn't he used to flick bags before he became? Well, he got he got arrested. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was in jail. Yeah, yeah. For a, he was a, a perennial bag flicker. Was he in jail yeah. for drugs or was yeah, it drugs? Was drugs? Yeah. yeah, I knew it was something like that. Cocaine, he was, he was in. cocaine. But yeah, look, also turned down the role of Peter Venkman in Ghostbusters, which went to Bill Murray. So fuck, he's turned down some roles. Well, he looked at the the finished film was nothing like the script that he read. So he read a script and said, no, I'm not into that. And then they, they changed that film on him. So remember was, we talked about that. The original yes. script was going to be set in space and all this kind of stuff yeah. and in the future. And it was, it was really weird. The well, it was supposed to be much supposed, scarier. Yeah. The well. one was supposed to fly and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. Turned down Forrest Gump. Who is this guy's agent? 
<laughs> yeah, he needs to be sacked. Uh, was also considered for both Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Wow. Both obviously went to Harrison Ford. So Tom Selleck was also, you know, yeah. quick, there's one degree quickly down. There you that? go, Damo. One degree. <laughs> but, yeah, look, uh, so quite a few sliding doors moments for old Chevy. Yeah. Well, shit first names. You have to have a nickname as your first name, but we'll get to that in question time. Uh, next up is Rodney Dangerfield, who was a stand-up comic, did a lot of stand-up comedy for for twenty odd years. I think. I mean, he started writing jokes when he was fifteen and was on the road for about ten years, but uh, didn't do a lot until he got onto the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. He did about seventy appearances on that as as the the resident comic. I think this was his first acting gig, wasn't it? Well, then he got onto Saturday Night Live, so and then he was a comic on that, and yeah. that's what brought him out. Yeah, and then straight into Caddyshack was the first movie he made. Yeah. So he had no idea what he was doing. No, they had him in the you know that the, the the uh the pro shop scene yep. they had him in there and he kept saying action and he didn't know what to do he kept yeah. standing there until he had to say yeah. right go do your bit and that's what he ended up saying for the rest six of, the of these movie. 12 of those yeah and then he made up the bit about the bowl of soup like that was just ad-libbed yeah so yeah but anyway that was him and then not a lot after that easy money in 83 do you remember that no. uh back to school was the big one as oh, thornton mellon in 86 great, great movie yeah and only a couple of other big roles. Natural Born Killers. Yeah, he was Mallory's dad. Mallory's dad, yeah. That's, he's good in that. He's so creepy. Yeah, yeah. Very different role. Yeah. And then uh, Little Nicky with yeah. Adam Sandler. Oh, so. he's Adam Sandler. But yeah, died in 2004. So his last movie, last major movie was 2000. Okay. Uh, then we've got Bill Murray. Now, we've talked about Bill Murray before, but um, his brother's obviously a writer on this movie. Yeah. Stars as the... As head, Lou Loomis. Yeah. As yeah. the head looper. The head looper. Yeah. Um, but they all worked as caddies, the, the two of them and their brother worked as caddies. So that's, I think, where they got the idea of this from. So And Harold Ramis as well. And Harold Ramis. Well, they all got together. Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. So they were all original members of Saturday Night Live. Um, and, you know, that's that's where they all sort of started from. Um, but a, look, his, Is that a thing for you golf nerds in Australia? Have you ever played at a course where they appoint you a caddy? Never played at a course with a caddy, but it is a thing. Actually, that's not true. In Singapore, I did. Yeah. But I've never played in a course in Australia where there's been caddies. But in Asia, it's quite common. In, I was in Vietnam for a work conference and we had to do that. Yeah. They they made you have a caddy. Yeah. I'm called caddies. Plim's good fan of the, uh, the the podcast. He's very keen to play around with a caddy in uh, in Thailand. So I believe that's a thing. Paddy a beach, I believe. That's the one. Yep. So, yes, uh, Bill Murray, a lot of big roles early. Meatballs in 79 as Tripper. Caddyshack in 1980, Stripes 81, Tootsie, Ghostbusters 84, Little Shop of Horrors 86, Scrooged uh, 88, and then What About Bob 91, Groundhog Day, very big movie 93, um, Kingpin as Ernie McCracken. Uh, and then Ooh, later on, <laughs> it's quite apt for the, uh, for, for Caddyshack yes, humor. It is. Quite apt for Caddyshack humor. And then later on, Charlie's Angels as Bosley in 2000 and Lost in Translation in 2003, which I think oh, is more staple. It's one of yeah. his favorites. He won a BAFTA and a Golden Globe. Sorry. Yeah. Got a Golden Globe and a BAFTA as best, best actor. As he, has an award nom. he has an amazing cameo in Zombieland. Yes. Where he yes. plays oh, himself yeah. and he's so like, you know, he looks like a zombie. So they yeah. shoot him by accident because he's, <laughs> oh, that's right. he looks yeah. like shit. They go to his not, house, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they go to his house and they shoot him because they think he's a zombie, but he's not. Yeah. He just looks like yeah. shit. 
That's right. <laughs> Don't forget he was also in Wild Things in 98 too. Oh. Who can forget Wild Things? But, yeah, look, was considered for the role of John Kimball in Kindergarten Cop that went to Arnie. I can't see that. No, mm. it would have been a very different, different movie can't with him that. in it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he was also considered for the role of Ted Stryker in Airplane in ninety. I can see that. Yeah. You could see his But in saying that, like, Robert Hayes is very good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very good. good. Uh, also turned down the lead role in Big. But I think that's because he had to star in Scrooge, so he couldn't do both. Yep. But, I mean, Scrooge was a really good movie for him, but yeah, it was big. Big was yeah. big. Big is big, yeah. Um, Ted Knight, good old Judge Smiles. <laughs> how how good is he in this movie, mate? He's I don't want to get to MVP, but he's yeah, in he's good. Fucking incredible in this movie. Yeah, really good. Yeah. But uh, he did a lot of stuff early. Mikhail's Navy, lots of TV shows. Goma Pile gets my was an inch high private eye because he did a lot of voiceovers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he did a lot of voiceover stuff. That was his big thing, and that's what got him the. He was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, so he yeah. was the anchor man yep. on there, and that was his first big role. Uh, and he got he was got two supporting Emmys for that. But um, then he was on a on a. Do you remember a TV show called Too Close for Comfort? No, very vaguely I remember. But he was that was his show. It uh, that he was on and. It was eventually renamed the Ted Knight Show, but uh, it ended in '86 because he was terminally ill, and I think he was—I think he had cancer during the filming of this movie. That would explain something. Yeah. But um, but anyway, that was that was sort of his his last big movie. He also also has another cartoon. He did Captain Caveman cartoons as well. Oh. Captain Caveman. Now that got you That got yelled a singing lot. My song sheet. <laughs> Got, a lot of a lot got, of chroma high. Yelled a lot from your yeah. veranda, Morgs. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Michael O'Keefe. So his first movie was the year before. He's in a movie called The Great Santini. Yeah. What have you seen that? No, it's got uh, Robert, <laughs> Robert <laughs> Duvall in it. He's a um, pilot. Yep, and Blythe Danner. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> what did you say? Nothing. 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 Keep going. <laughs> but uh yeah look Caddyshack so I uh, sorry the great Santini was nominated for a best supporting actor and then obviously Caddyshack was a big break for him too in 1980 but after that not a lot of movies The Slugger's Wife 85 The Whoopie Boys 86 he did he played Fred in Roseanne in the later years 93 mm. he, he becomes a TV jobber yeah, yeah yeah he was in The Hot Chick Michael Clayton and then The Law and Order Criminal Intent had a recurring role he was excellent, the last excellent hair. He's definitely one of my hair models from over the years. I, <laughs> I really shit. Morgs. It's so good, so good. I really it, it's appreciate great. It's his just hair. buffy and long, so you two, luscious, look, solid. Yeah. Okay, mm. all right, all right. Let me just let me state a couple of things here, Dan. You have hair. Yes. You can do better. You can do better. Yeah. <laughs> Stop clinging. Right. Don't cling to O'Keefe's hair, please. Continue. Mate, solid hair. Um, he was actually in Winning Time. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. Yeah. So he played Jack Kent Cook, who was the yeah. owner yeah. of the lake, the, the original, original owner, owner of the Lakers, who got bullied out of it by yes. Dr. Burst. Yeah. So that's the latest role he had. But he was also married to Bonnie Raitt. So he wrote some songs oh. for her. So he wrote a song called Longing in Their Hearts, which she won a Grammy for. Bonnie. Mate, he's, oh, he's a man of, man of many he's talents. Triple threat. Triple threat. I'll tell, tell you what he, I'll tell you what he didn't write. He didn't write the song for today's kick-ass credit song. No, he didn't. He didn't. Interestingly, I hear we have two songs again. 
Really? I believe there might be. Oh. I gotta start reading the fucking the the script run, show show run, sheet sheet run, running sheet thing. <laughs> What's that now, you say? Yeah. That thing. Uh, uh. But um look, he's playing he's playing a you know, a soon to be university student. He was twenty five when yeah. this was made. He looked they all looked old. Yeah, they did. That Denunzio, he's forty. Yeah. Denunzio's forty. Looks older. He actually, uh, he actually dated uh, Lacey Underall for a couple oh. of years after the movie. Yeah, oh. I mean, is it Cindy Evans? Oh god! Yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so look, and uh, he was actually Brian Schwartz in the Great Porky's movies. Really? Yeah, that was Brian Schwartz. Oh, there we go. Anyway, I think that's it. The rest of the cast. Yeah. Uh, look, we've touched on on Bill Murray's brother being in there and Lou Loomis. So I think we can leave it there. So easy. Well done. Uh, Gail, what about some, um, got any pop culture? 1980? Any movies? I do. Let me tell you the grossest. So the gross of this movie was $39.8 million at the box office. It must have cost $7.80 to make. $6 million. Uh, and grossed 3.1 on its opening weekend. So I think that put it at number 19 for the year. So... 39 million was number 19. So the big movie this that year was Star Wars, The Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. $549 million Mental. in 1980. Mental. It's crazy. Next biggest, 9 to 5 with Dolly Parton. God, I love 9 to 5. Good movie. Great movie. Made $100 million. Whoa. <laughs> As number two. Yeah. So that just shows how big Empire, Empire was. Empire was five times the next movie. Yeah. Stir Crazy was the next one after that, $101 million. And then you got, but then a good top 10 here. Airplane after that, any which way you can. Clint yeah. Eastwood. Private Benjamin, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn yeah. Coal Miner's Daughter with Sissy Spacek. Um, and Friday the 13th. And then the Blues Brothers rounds that out. Oh, Blues Brothers is a morgue's favourite. Yeah, Watch that a lot. Of, that's up there at Woodward Road. Good movie. I, I was, and, and on the rewatch of this, I was trying to work out. Who made the more cash slinging bags on the set of either the Blues Brothers <laughs> or Caddyshack? And I tell you, it's a dead fucking heat. Rodney Dangerfield, I think, may just tip it over for uh, for, for Caddyshack. <laughs> that guy was surely, surely John Belushi. Surely John oh, Belushi. You would, you would think it's so, the ace but... in the up the sleeve. And I mean, um, Carrie Fisher was right into it as well. Oh, Dan Aykroyd, well, apparently not not a big bad guy, but uh, and I was watching a uh, documentary. Finally, you mentioned that on on Empire Strikes Back that they almost halted production because Carrie Fisher was on the bag that much. Wow, on Irvin Kershner, yeah. no, of yeah. Empire Strikes Back. On oh, Empire, oh, Irvin really? Kershner had to pull her aside, the director, and go, "You're fucking this movie. Calm you down. need to get yeah. off the bags." And so wow. she got off the bags for production, and then. Smashed him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that Caddyshack, obviously, they were partying every day on the set of this movie. Hey, that was fueled by cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Caddyshack. Yeah. The bunkers were full of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Just full. That, 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 that was not white sand. That was cocaine. Hitting, hitting out of the sand. It yeah. was it. They were hitting out of the sand. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> Playing out of the rough at night and hitting out of the sand by day. But, all right, so non-Audi movies. What do you reckon won the awards this that year? Oh, yeah. I know this. It's some. It's a real crappy uh, award winner in nineteen eighty. It's it's like Altered State or something like that, or yeah. uh, The Big Chill or something really lame. 
Um, You're close, Morgs. It's called Ordinary People. Ordinary, ordinary People. That's uh, yeah. Donald yeah. Sutherland. Donald yeah. Sutherland? Yeah. yeah uh, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah and Donald it, was, it, was, it could be the name of our podcast, um, really. <laughs> Dude, Definitely. Right. Not could be. Uh, should be. Should be. Um, yeah, Robert Redford's directorial debut, that movie. So that won Best Picture and Best Director. But uh, Hang on. In fact, we are going to name from now on, when you talk about the cast, it's going to be called Ordinary People. Good. Yeah. I'm just putting that in the uh, in the sheet now. I like that. Uh, yeah. I'll, make, I'll, I'll remember to read that. Yeah. <laughs> Get you know, right on that. Do you know where it lives? Oh, in the internet. <laughs> But anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on to 1980 music. Oh, please do. What do you reckon was the number one song in 1980? I've done no research on the songs. Was Blondie? Oh, oh call me. Call, call me. me. Oh, call me. Good. Yeah. Blondie was massive, wasn't she? Mm. Yeah. So uh, number two number was Pink one. Floyd. This is US Morgs. I've got Australia oh, too. Like, yeah, okay. He's got Australia mm. too. All right. Number two, Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John with Magic in three. That's from um, Xanadu, isn't it? Yes, I believe so, yeah. Um, And Michael Jackson, Rock With You, number four. Wanna rock with you. And here's one for you, Whitey. You'll get this one. Number five is Captain and Tennille. The Captain and Tennille. (laughs) You got it? No, I don't. Do that to me one more time. What what movie is that in where it's the Asian guy singing it and he's singing it phonetically? It's like, do that to me one more time. It's hilarious. It could have been Golden Singapore, to be honest. Could have been. But uh, anyway, Aussie Morgs, number one, Split Ends, I Got You. Huge. Pop plants. Amazingly talented Kiwi Bros. Australians, Australians. Australians, I mean, yeah. What do you reckon number two was that year? Was the band down under? No. Australian Crawl. It was a band called The Vapors. The Vapors? Japanese. Oh, my God. I mean, the origins or the – is it agreed what that song's about? Oh, I don't know. Or is it I'll take urban, a picture. urban myth? I'll take a picture. <laughs> yeah, I think. You can I, tell us, Morgs. I think it's about wanking. Oh, because he's. Oh, yeah. Right, he's yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. I have if, to have it, a bit cut, cut out. I've got to say, if there's, if there's nothing. If there's no other reason for us not to do a YouTube podcast, seeing what Morgs just did then is enough. We need to go video. Uh, we need anyway, to go video. Apologies, obviously, completely. I take a picture. Japanese of the teacher. Uh, yeah, so and that's what I believe it's about. Keep going, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking that up. <laughs> is it there? Yeah? Um, can you confirm or can, can will Gauss stipulate? Apparently, it's misinterpreted as that. Oh, right. okay, yeah, that's, sure. what, that's that's why I questioned. Yeah, misinterpreted. Uh, yes. <laughs> Lead singer Dave Fenton said, "Turning Japanese is all the cliches about angst and youth and turning to something you didn't expect to." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good on you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> Where were we? 
Anyway, we'll move on. That's the Aussie music, so we'll, we'll okay. go from there. Excellent. Well done. Okay, yeah, question time. Done. Well done, Gal. I'm a bit lost after turning Japanese. Uh, okay, so do we think there's a correlation between having been given shit names at birth and a nickname and being a bit of a tool? So I've got two examples. One is Chevy Chase and the other one is Eldrick Tiger Woods. Do you think there's a correlation? Is a shit name... Is that just a recipe for disaster? I'm just trying to think of any people with shit name that we actually like. Um, none that really spring to mind. I'm, I'm trying to think of other other ones, other nicknames. Yeah. There's not many others with nicknames. Ford Fairlane. It's, it's, Ford Fairlane. The, the parent that shows their creative flourish with the name of their child has is, is always, uh, always amused me, that's for sure. So... Yeah, uh, Eldrick Tiger Woods. I mean, yeah, that that I don't know what else he was going to do. Yeah, he had to have a nickname, didn't he? Mm. All right. Okay. Question two. What What was the purpose of Lacey Underall being a Bushwood with a grandfather? Was she like on sabbatical? It's never really explained, is it? There's one line in the movie where they said, "Yeah, her dad wanted her to." <laughs> Broadens. Be the bus boys. She wanted her to broaden. I think that's the line. God. Tell you what. Yeah, it's it's kind of just she appears in the movie, right? I, I think that's a, a bigger question that you pose that we probably need to speak of <laughs> later in or this podcast is going to end very quickly. But, yes, it is one of the peculiarities of this particular yeah. film. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Danny Noonan, he looped. For two people on the day and made 30 bucks plus tips. And then his dad says, put the money in the college fund, which he puts in a glass jar in the kitchen. Yep. And there's 12 kids in the house. That money's not lasting, right? Yeah. What, what's the going with all the people in the house? There's so many people. It's just crazy. Kids everywhere. And he's like 10 years older than everyone else. So it's like everyone, it was him, then everyone else was a mistake. What was yeah. that? He well, makes some crack to his, I'm guessing it's his younger sister sibling, about a training bra. Did you pick up on that? <laughs> it was because it was, I hadn't seen it for a while. I didn't remember the scene. I was like, she looks like she's 13. What are you talking yeah. about, mate? This is yeah. That was one weird part of the movie. Yeah, just one. Just one. Yeah. All right. I don't have much else. There's a, this, this movie poses a million questions. But let's move into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Where we talk about the stuff that we liked about the movie, the stuff that we thought was a bit bad, and anything was downright ugly. We're going to start with the man on the land today. Dan, what do you got for good? Yeah, I, as I said, it, this was a weird review for me because I could remember every scene but not having seen it in a linear fashion before. So I guess what really struck me, amongst other things, was the uh, amount of improvised scenes in there that were obviously just the actors just riffing. And if you, you think about improvised scenes in comedies, not in, there's a lot of uh, great improvised scenes in, in dramatic film, but in comedies you think of Steve Carell in the 40-year-old the version and the, the chest waxing scene, which was completely improvised and all the shit that comes out of his mouth. I mean, knocked up, they they go on the, I don't know if you remember, they go on the rant about Munich and Eric Barner in the, uh, in the nightclub. 
And uh, yes. if any of us is going to get laid tonight, it's because of Eric Banner. Like, it, that was completely <laughs> made up. And uh, apparently Steven Spielberg just laughed thinking that Munich actually got anyone a route. Thought that that was pretty uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty funny. But uh, Animal House, uh, John Belushi, I'm a zit. That was, he just made that. He was bored on, so he'd had 50 bags and he just chucked some mashed potato in his mouth and uh, squished his cheek together and said, I'm a zit. Um, but Wolf of Wall Street, obviously, um, with Matthew McConaughey and he's a... Mm, Completely, uh, completely improvised. But I, I just think my favourite, and it as it, it, what this film just reminded me of it was Dumb and Dumber, when uh, they're both in the car, the original Dumb and Dumber, and it's uh, want to hear the <laughs> most annoying sound in the world. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, yeah. apparently, uh, Jim Carrey and um, and uh, old mate uh, Jeff Daniels, so, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, it, it said in the script that they had to get on the nerves of uh, of the mob guy that was with them, but they thought it was a bit lame what they came up with. So Jim Carrey just made that up on the spot, and uh, oh my god, I thought that was just hysterical. So yeah, it just this whole film just reminded me of how good improvised comedy can be uh, in uh, when it, when it's done right, and particularly the Bill Murray and Chevy Chase scene when he plays through. Uh, the place plays through his shack. Just that whole. It, it, there is nothing to do with the movie going on well, there. It's just well, that just was that was filmed. Riffing. That was filmed after the movie, so they were like, "Shit, we got no, we actually don't have a scene where Bill Murray and Chevy Chase share the screen, so we need yeah. to make something up." Well, they'd already had their almost fight. Or well, they, their, no, they had a few. Fight, they'd fallen yeah, out on, on SNL, yeah, yeah, they and out. they hadn't talked. And then he said, "We well, you know we got to get these two in the same room." So the three of them went and sat down and had dinner, and then just. Yeah, pumped out that scene, which, yeah, you're right, Morgan, has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with the film and makes no yeah. sense whatsoever, but it's just, it's piss funny. It can, so, it can um, play yeah. 18 holes in it and then smoke <laughs> it at night. If you, if you ever watch one of Riff or get Cannibal. weird, you know, like, <laughs> friends for life. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, the, the, the improvisation of the incredibly talented cast was what, uh, well, what really struck me. Just to go further on that with Bill Murray, so originally his role was supposed to be silent role um and then when he was going to do the role then harold ramish just kind of went you mate just go for it like do just improvise and do what you do so you know all of that's him improvising a lot of that's him improvising the whole thing well, with, I, the, with the flowers when he well you know, in the script he was only there were only directions in the script for him so there was only yeah. like lines of direction there was no there was no script no he made up the whole cinderella story yep. did all of that yep. he said just give me four mums <laughs> give me four mums out there and i'll do the rest and that's what he did <laughs> You're lean, but, uh, you're, yeah. lean, you're mean, <laughs> and you're not too far between. I got a salami. Oh god! Yeah. So, th- but that you're right, Morgs. That um, that is you know one of the highlights of the movie. What about you, Gal? Well, obviously, I had Carl Spackler in there for that. As you alluded to before, Whitey Judge Smiles. He has some of the best lines in the movie. I know we'll get to them in notable he, quotable. He's, he's one of the best characters in the 80s i reckon comic yeah. characters in the 80s judge smiles yeah it's just so over the top and it's so golf country oh, club such a wanker yeah. I've, I've met 70 people like judge yeah. smiles oh, that's what makes it. it you know a country yeah. club it's it's that kind of character yeah all well, those you, kind I mean, of people that are in it. you guys have the perfect ability to compare and contrast because why do you remember of, of one of the, the swankiest country clubs i guess in australia and Gao, you 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 were a member of one of the shittest clubs in Australia, so you, you'd be able to almost be able to compare, contrast the experience of uh, what it is to play public and and country club golf. Mate, you can't beat urban golf. That, that's blue collar, working class. You, you can't you can't beat wildlife genocide. 
Oh, well, well, we won't name any names, but um, nah, yeah, we won't. We won't. We won't. There was an incident. <laughs> there was a big incident. We won't go into it. Yeah. Um, and also, look, I'll say Chevy Chase for all his faults. Um, you know, this was in his peak, and his character in this movie is so good. I mean, that opening scene when him and Danny are walking down the fairway and they're having a conversation that's completely separate. They're both talking about different things. It's just so funny. But that, I th- I, uh, that's an eye into what the whole movie is. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh. But just his timing and everything, you know, tremendous slash. Like he's, he's oh, just got, he's oh so God. good. He's he's just so good in this role. I'm sorry, so short judge. You're a tremendous slouch. Yeah. So that that's my good. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got smiles. I think smiles is just incredible. Every time he opens his mouth, I'm on the border of peeing my pants. I think when... Al Servic turns up and his entrance into the country club, the, the pro shop, then the golf scene where, you know, four, should have called two, right? And then let's dance. Like that whole thing into then the dinner scene where he's, when he's like comes in, he's got his entourage and he's just, you know, making the quips and it's like, you want to earn $14 the hard way? And you go, you would have been pretty good. You would have been a pretty good looking woman, you know? In before, the, before electricity, before electricity, like it was just—it's just like a quip after quip after quip but after quip. That's just his stand-up routine, sure. you know, yeah. and that's just him coming in and, and throwing everything out there, yeah. and that's the way he goes through it. So yeah. that adds that real dimension to the movie. That character's so funny, and actually, I've got to add his dancing. His dancing's the oh, best. That God. is the good. His dancing is so good. Oh, it's great. It's next level good. I love Mitch Cumstein. Just out of, oh. the, just out of from nowhere. You don't, you don't know what the name's going to be. He goes, yeah, his name. It was Mitch Cumstein. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for someone to go. Do you mean Cumstein? <laughs> oh, and it's God. And and you, I look at just Lacey. Like, let's be honest here. Like, she's a she's a rare rough diamond. You know, in a pool of sludge. <laughs> really, like she just shines brighter than anything. But yeah, look, the, the comic genius, it's just obvious that this movie was 85% ad-libbed and it's and it shows that from a positive and a negative perspective. You know, like it's how good it can be and how bad it can be because it's a bit of a hot mess, to be honest, which um, I guess we go into the bad and I'll start. I've got it's a hot mess. The movie, watching it this time, there's not a hell of a lot of plot. There's not a hell of, like it's, it's skit to skit to skit and I don't have an issue with that. It's, it's just a, like a sitcom, isn't it? It's like a con. stretch. It's a, that's why I said, is this a movie? It just seems to be uh, a, a, just sketch to sketch to sketch. There's no there's no backbone to the film, yeah. which which I, I have no issue with. But if I'm looking at it from a critical eye, then that's that's what I think. I also think that Denunzio's golf get up is horrendous. A long sleeve red button up shirt with the buttons down. Yeah, with the buttons down. I think everything about Denunzio annoys me. And his swing's not terribly good. But um, no. I love how he throws the cigarette. You know, he walks oh. up there and throws the cigarette on Mate, the he's ground. He's smoking in every single scene. He's, yeah. he's serving behind the bar in the country club. Yeah, that's right. Smoking. He's the best. He's the best, but he annoys me so much. Yeah. What about you, uh, Morgz? What do you got for bad? Yeah, I mentioned before, I watching this made me realise I hadn't actually seen the movie, if at all, ever with uh, everything together. I I spent the first half going, what the fuck is happening here? Like I could, I could <laughs> enjoy the odd scene, which I when I I knew where I was and got my bearings. But other than that, I just thought 
have I, have I, have I been duped my whole life? Like, what is this movie about? I, I get no idea. And then it was obviously brought back by a lot of the uh, the funny moments and, and performances. But yeah, Chevy, Chevy, Chevy Chase, like I agree, it kind of set up the characters that you'd become renowned for, especially Fletch. So you can see a lot of that in this performance. But I, I just was like, who is this guy? And why is he in the movie? And what what has he got to do with anything? And do I like him or do I dislike him? And uh, yeah, just that, that there was that constantly. And Bill Murray was just apparently he was only on set for five or six days doing, yes, doing his yeah. part of the film, and that makes a lot of sense because it doesn't. It, it just it's a complete the whole gopher thing. It's like how was this even part of the movie? It was, uh, but but learning later on, yeah, that it was it was tacked on. So yeah, for me the the bad I don't know bad and good was the fact that it's just it, it was just using the uh, exploiting the comic talents of all these actors that were going yep. on to be brilliant. But the, as far as a, screen, a, a coherent screenwriter or, or script, just wasn't required. Just uh, not necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree with you there, Morgs. Got anything well else to add to that, Gear? To bad. To bad, yeah. Um, I'm going to say Bushwood's not much of a country club. Maybe the worst greens I've ever seen. It was in someone's backyard, a lot of that putting. Like, mate, it, look, it, it actually looks like when Cromer Golf Club lost their 18 greens because of the in, ineptitude of the green yeah. keeper. And that's what they look like. The, the greens were horrific. Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah. And then it's right beside the freeway. The cars are driving by like it's... And, and Maggie's living on the course. Yes. That was really weird when she comes out in the nightgown, right? But She's running around that, the 18th when, green. When Danny's about to go to Pound Town and Denunzio, the pervert's jumping up on the trampoline... Yeah. Or jumping up from the ground, and he's he's on the course, and he oh, just pulls the man. the. the... <laughs> oh man! Oh Maggie, um, I'll, I'll give you that in the bad that um, that Danny Noonan's a bit of a creep throughout the movie. He sucks up. He sucks up to Judge Smales lot, oh, and then uh, and bad. then has no concern for his girlfriend sitting no. beside the pool at no, all. No, no, no. All right, anything for ugly. No, I think we've covered it. Well, I've covered oh, I've everything. Got, I've got one thing. Okay. Yeah, I've got one, but you go, you, yeah, Matthew. No, you go, you go, Dan. I was just going to say, and it leads into Film School for Fuckwits this year, but it, do you consider this a sports movie? Uh, uh, I, I'm going to say yes with a long bow. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I'm happy to call it a sports movie, and, and I yeah. think the fact that you guys know it a lot better than me and enjoy golf and the fact that Brown's King Brown and uh, Udzi were right into it and were golf nerds back in the day as well. So for me, it's a it's a golf movie. It's a sports movie. But yeah. as far as sports movies go, does this have the ugliest athletic performances of any sports movie uh, you've ever seen? So. I, I I'm going to leave it there. I'm just yeah. some of the swings in. I mean, golf is a shit oh, yeah. game anyway. Yeah. But yeah. even even Michael O'Keefe, who I'm guessing they were trying to say had a good swing. In well, he's got it, the he's he's got the best swing in the. He's got. Movie I mean, there's, it's 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 a pretty swing, but it feels a bit like my pretty swing. I reckon he is just sending that about seven fairways to the right every time he connects. There's uh, he's he's. Me, Phil Mickelson, and Michael O'Keefe all go up and, and tee off. There's only one bloke that's hitting it straight, and it's not me or Mr. O'Keefe. So <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I, look, I, I'm going to discuss that in film school further, but, yes, uh, right. definitely question some of the golf prowess. I've got one ugly. I've got Maggie's accent. She's American, that girl, and apparently in the script she's supposed to be a – uh, Irish exchange student. Mm. It's never mentioned. Mm. There is no need for her to be an Irish exchange student. 
There was no need for her to do an Irish accent that is horrific. Like it's right up there with Mel Gibson's Scottish accent in Braveheart. It's bad. But this is again where they they've cut the story. They've cut part of the story out, and oh. so they just they said, "Oh, she's going to be an exchange student," and then they haven't pulled through that part of the movie. So yeah, she's no. just some sort of weird character there, Horrific. living at the golf course. Horrific. All right, I think we're I'd, done. I'd, I'd like to talk more about that later. It's time for quick fire with Dan. Take it away. Thank you. Uh, uh, anyone new to the podcast, this is where we just go through really quickly and don't let me waffle on. But uh, we look at a couple of categories and these guys riff on it for me. The first one in Quickfire is uh, that's not a knife for a scene that is passed over into popular culture. I reckon there's a few in this. G-Man, what do you think? Well, definitely the scene we talked about between Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. Um, I think there's quite a few quotes, and particularly for us that have come out, um, we have got to like like Billy Baru is one that we use a lot. Um that gets one out. Um Oh, I've I've lost sorry, I've lost one in my head. Um There's one there's major a, one that Rod, Rodney one. Dangerfield professes when he's in the dining hall that I reckon I say every week to you. Oh, did anyone step on a duck? <laughs> Somebody's dead on a duck. I'd forgotten where the, the origins of that. It's been it's so derogatory. So yeah, look, I, that 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 has managed to seamlessly pass into popular culture because I say it and didn't remember that it was Rodney Dangerfield who immortalised it. So yeah, that's that's for I, me. Any others you can think I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say the other one is is be the ball, Danny. Anybody that's a golfer definitely has said yeah. be the ball, Danny, and it gets said. I think every golf course every weekend if you hit a good shot. I've got, I've got about a hundred. But I, I, I think the three, the three that I use all the time, put me down for a five. Right? Yes, I use that all the time, all the time, and that's another King Brown and Udzi. Tremendous slouch. Yeah, Don't you, sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. You use that a lot. A lot. And the other one is mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> the Judge. He's so good. Put me down for a five. You know, another one Excellent. I say a lot too. He's a good caddy. He's a good kid. He's a good caddy. Good kid. Yeah. He's a good, good caddy. He's a good kid. Yeah. Good caddy. Good kid. That's another. <laughs> that's another King Brown. You and, take uh, drugs, Uzi. Danny, every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Nice one. Uh, moving along. Hey, Derek Spreckensy Dick for uh, the biggest knobhead character in the film. Um, any particular standouts for you guys? Uh, you've, I've you've, got you've smiles. Obviously, you've got yeah, uh, yeah. I've got smiles, but he's the best. Yeah. yeah. Like he's yeah. a tool, but he is the best. Absolutely agree. I think it's probably very close to the original Derek from uh, from Step Brothers as, as we've yeah. had. So, oh, yeah, God. excellent. I've got um I've got old double farts himself. Spalding. Spalding. Spalding smiles. Spalding. <laughs> That's hopeless. Terrible. You're going to play golf and you're going to like it. I want a hamburger. I want a hot dog. You'll have nothing and you'll like it. Oh, he's a knob. 50 oh. bucks. 50 bucks a smells kid picks his nose. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> Double it up and he eats it. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. Excellent. All right, All moving right. along. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in backdraft for the actor or actors that everyone in another movie. Hands everyone. down agree. Not once. Everyone. There's no se- uh, seam. There's, there's nothing that links any of these characters together. They're all just off on their own trip and it's it's brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But what, what about uh, Roddy Dangerfield's entourage? Wang. Yeah, oh, but well, the others that are just hanging around. There's Wang who's playing golf yeah. with at the start. 
And then, then the rest of them are just hanging around. And then he goes to the dinner and there's just all these people yeah, following a, him in. Yeah, He's Adrian Grenier. He is. He is. <laughs> he's got turtle in the Grenier. background. Grenier. <laughs> yes. So that's who I'll put up there for that. Yeah, good Fantastic. One. Good one. Ripley running. Now, I, I'm going to pause on Ripley running in this one because I want to pick it back up in film school for F-Wits. So, uh, but there are lots of standouts and we can riff on that. Uh, robot sentries again from the movie aliens for a scene that you would want to see that would explain a bit more for the story. I don't, I personally, I, there is no story, so I don't know what more you could explain. <laughs> like I, I don't, yeah. It, if you have something to add, please. In light, I, I, I could have had a little bit more of Lacey. <laughs> she was excellent and very, and yeah, a, a yes. very good. You know, funny, funny story, funny story about Lacey is that our, our, our good friend of the podcast, King Brown, that he, didn't know that she got her boobs out till he was about 27 because the only copy that he would watch was his VHS copy oh, that he taped off no. the, oh, off the, off the, off the oh, TV oh, and no. she didn't get her boobs out. So when he, he, well, maybe not 27, but let's say he was 24 because I was still playing golf with him. Mm. He was old. And so his world changed when he, yeah. when he found that. Yeah. Spent a week indoors. <laughs> Excellent. Needs both On reruns. Ends. Needs both yeah. ends. <laughs> Woofy Ted for what is uh, Brad Pitt? Um, hold on, being... hold on, hold on. I just got one more. I, I, I want... <laughs> I've got one. I want to know in 1980 who's making Al Cervix golf bags. It's got a TV in it. Oh, it's got, oh, a, it's, it's got, it's the got clubs bum out. It's got, it's got beer in it. Yeah, it's I, six foot tall. I was actually watch... well ahead of the times. I was watching it last night, going, I'd love to design that golf bag, just the color <laughs> run, the yeah. colorway, and just have that golf bag. It's so ugly. And just have Hideous. cervic on the side. Hideous. Yeah. Oh, the the other one that's out of place. Sorry to get back to that. Is is the dolphin sound for the gopher? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a cack. I heard it last night. I hadn't heard it for so yeah. long. Yeah, that's actually the same the same um, sound they use for the show Flipper. Really, in sixty four. Yeah, it's the same oh, yeah. exactly same one. There you go. Yeah, bring there it. There you heat. go. Uh, that's yeah. it. The so last one was just why is Brad Pitt for the actor that you would most like to uh, do what. Uh, Danny does to Lacey. Uh, anyone, obviously, if we take Lacey well, out of it, was there anyone else that that stood well, out? Um, as yeah, Cervix got a bit of a bird on his arm. The yeah. blonde in yes, the red yes, dress, yes. The, the, the younger uh, one, the younger one. She's all right. Uh, other than that, I saw a bit of why Chevy Chase was probably up for a few of those roles. He was a, he was a handsome dude back in the day. Like he wasn't, yeah, you yeah. know, you, after the roles he took on, you don't think of him as a leading man. But in this role, there was maybe a moment where he could have switched in and been an Indiana Jones or been a, 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 a leading guy there instead of just in comedies. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, I agree. He definitely, he definitely could have carried that for sure. Mm, but uh, it wasn't to be, Mr. Chase. That's no, it. He's no. Well Pretty done, fine. Dan. Nice well work. done. Yeah. Well, that, that's going to lead us into listen to this. Uh, Gal, what do you have? Well, we've kind of touched on everything that I've got in there. Um, yep. The only one that I have that we have, I mean, we talked about Carl Spackler being silent, the Cinderella story, um, the dating between Lacey Underall and Denunzio. Oh. Um, the only other one was that Harold Ramis wanted Pink Floyd to write the music for the film, <laughs> um, but he couldn't get them which would have been tough in 1980, I'm wow. sure. But uh, after an audition, obviously he got Kenny Loggins. Yeah, Kenny Loggins. So, so I'm All Right's a quality Yeah, so song. he came up with that and he played it for the producers and they were like, bang, that's you. Yeah. I'm All Right is a quality yeah. theme song. How good's Kenny Loggins? Kenny Loggins is so underrated. So I many yeah. good movie songs. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Footloose. 
Top Gun, just amazing. Yeah, his greatest hits would be right up there with Wang Chung's. Oh, yeah. Everybody amazing. have fun tonight. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. What's her other one? Dance all day. Yeah, and a dance all <laughs> days. Oh, I used to love that song. It was me and you and everything we do. Uh, okay, so Cindy Morgan, who was Lacey Underall, the oil massage, uh, the oil massage scene yes. with Chevy Chase was completely improvised. So she had no idea what was going on. So then when she he spills the oil down her back and he goes to rub it in and she goes, um, you're crazy. And Chevy Chase replies with, that's what they said about Son of Sam. <laughs> She had no idea what was going oh, on. Jesus. Oh, oh my God. That's yeah, what I heard that, that, um, that he improvised all that and she didn't know. So yeah. it kind of put her off yeah, a lot. Big so time. they had to sort of stop and reset yeah. because she didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about uh, Denny Noonan's golf swing. Now, he's, he actually wasn't a bad golfer, but he didn't play golf for 25 years after this movie finished because he was worried that people were going to come out of the pro shop to watch him play. Yeah. <laughs> Massive stage fright. We touched on it last week. Didn't he caddy for someone? He came out recently and caddy yeah, for did. someone he, on the he tour. He caddy for someone on the tour, yeah. He did. I can't remember who that was. So anyway, the writer-producer Doug Kenny died after the film was released. So he fell off a cliff in uh, Hawaii while he was vacationing. He was uh, Apparently he was suffering from major depression after yeah. the movie because it was getting movie. panned yeah. and he didn't think it was going to be any good and the story that he'd written had just been slayed. It was nothing like what he'd envisioned it to be. So. There's no confirmation about what happened, but he fell from a cliff, so yeah, not very is. good. Not he very he, good. he was one of the founders of uh, National Lampoons. Ah, right, yeah. Mm, so he was, yeah, yeah okay. he was, he was, a bit, he was kind of a comics comic, and uh, obviously knew all those guys from the um, everything they did with the magazine and all the National Lampoons stuff prior to the movies. So yeah, but I had heard that story; definitely tragic. So, ugh. so you know, most of the crew lived in a motel just around the corner from the. From the set, but oh, they were still God. late every day. Yeah, because they were like so mad loose. on the bags. Oh man! Well, I heard a story there that Harold Ramis stayed away yeah. every day because they were partying every day, yeah. uh, and then till the last, till they'd wrapped it up, and then he, then he just got, then he, he just had cut to, loose. He had to be carried back. <laughs> he had to, to be carried room. out of the room early. So the, the 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 massive explosion on the 18th green at the end of the movie wasn't. They didn't get any permission for that. And nice. people thought it was actually a plane crash. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Like there was massive panic. They're blowing up the golf course. Well, they had to build a special area yeah. to that wasn't the golf course. Yeah. They didn't want to get it all blown up. Yeah, yeah. Quite funny. So, and one last thing. So the gopher, obviously, that was done right at the end of the movie. They had they wanted to try and they didn't think the film worked, so they they put the gopher bits in, and it looks different. And all the it actually looks the best part of the movie because it was filmed in a soundstage after the movie yep. had wrapped with different film stock. Yep. So it actually looks completely different to the rest of the movie. Like it's just, Bizarre. it's just the place the thing. The whole thing was a hot mess. It really was surprising. It's as good as it is. All right. Anything else? Anyone got anything else? No, that's it for me. That's okay. it. Look, one, one degree is a bust. I didn't get anything from one degree of Kurt Russell. I don't no. think any of these guys are. No, we, got, the, we got one degree of Quigley and that's, get, that's good enough. Yeah. It is good enough. It'll do for this week. It'll do for this week. All right. So let's move into a notable quotables. And look, we could spend hours on this. I've got about four. What about you, Gal? You want to start? Oh, we've, we've already touched on most of the ones I was going to say. Let's have a look here. Billy, Billy, Billy. One of my favorites. We use that a lot. Oh, of course. 
I bet you a slice in the woods. A hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal, sir, at Bushwood. And I never slice. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I've got, you've already said it. I want a hamburger. No cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. I want a milkshake. I want potato chips. I want, you'll get nothing and like it. (laughs) Uh, And the other thing is, you better come in till this blows over. What do you think, fella? I keep playing. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite a while. <laughs> I, I've got one more. Dr. Beeper is talking to Ty. I thought you'd be the man to beat this year. Well, I guess you'll just have to keep beating yourself. <laughs> oh, smiles. I've sentenced you boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Didn't want to do it, but I thought I owed it to them. <laughs> Oh. And I've got I've got one here, and it's it's more of a monologue from the one great cow spackler, a looper, you know, a caddy, a looper, a jock. So I tell them I'm a pro jock. Who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself, tall son of the Lama, the flowing robes, the gross, the grace, bold, striking. So I'm on the first tee with him. I give him the driver. He holds off and whacks one. Big hit of the Lama, long, in the 10,000-foot crevasse, right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the Lama says to me? Gunga, la gunga. Gunga, gunga la gunga. So when we finish the 18th and he's going to stiff me and I say, hey, Lama, how about a little something, you know, for the effort? You know, and he says, uh, uh, there won't be any money, but when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. Consciousness. So I got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> That's the best. So I got that going for me. That is the best. That whole thing is so fucking good. So funny. Uh, other than that, you know. It's there's a thousand quotes, and I use I reckon I would use six to eight on the golf course every time I play, yep. without a doubt. Okay, that's it for notable quotables. We're going to move into the third best segment of the podcast: film school for fuckwits. Well, I've been downgraded. I have a week off, and now I'm the third best. Uh... Well, don't have a week off. Yeah. Right on. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Not, not right. sure what, what's above you there, Morgs. Yeah, I don't know. I know I don't the know. song is. But, you, never, uh, you never know what the one and twos are. Let's go. So you're then. really the first best. Fellow F-wits, the third besterest category we all love. Film's good for F-wits. I touched on it earlier. Top five worst athletic performances in sports movies. So there's some pretty suspect golf swings in this film. But is it the worst performances? Let's hold your vote and just go through these bad boys. So... First up, uh, I have Michael Caine in Victory. So mainly from a completely unbelievable standpoint, he's an old 48 in Victory, not like a youthful 48 on the Born to Watch podcast. Michael Uh, Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine is being carried by some actually uh, gifted footballers in that film. But, uh, yeah, 48, wouldn't say he's in his prime. Looks like a geezer who's never been on a paddock. Uh, ever before in his life, so definitely suspect. Um, Gal, this one's going to tickle. Next up, I had Gary Busey in Big Wednesday. He's yeah. got he's got the lithe body of someone who enjoys water sports, but mate, none of the athletic prowess of a keen surfer. So, would you agree, G Man? I know that's a, a top movie for you. Yeah, he's no Michael Cat in that movie, or Jan Michael Vincent. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, this is true. 
But but if we're gonna go surf movies more, you could throw Rick Kane in there. Well, because he yeah. is terrible in North <laughs> Shore. I look. I, I did think about that, and um, Gregory, 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 the other surfers in that film are suspect as well, but no, I, I chose to leave the exalted North Shore out of this list. So, Mia uh, Peoples? I'll uh, Mia Peoples. Ooh, it's Mia Green oh. Tony right there. Yeah, uh, Gregory Harrison, it was Morgs. It was Gregory Harrison. There we go. So, he, he also is a massive kook. So, next up, I have a tie for third and second uh, in the same sport, but I, I couldn't split them. But I've got a Rusty Crow in Mystery Alaska. And Rob Lowe in Youngblood. So if I if you held a gun against my head, I'm going to go with Rusty Crow because he's never been on a set of skates in his life, and the way they edit that movie together to get I actually don't mind Mystery Alaska. It's a good so, movie, Mystery yeah, Alaska. It's I enjoy I enjoy watching it, but I also be coming from a a ice sports background like me and the G Man did. So we we became quite proficient at ice hockey on our travels. Would, would you'd agree with that, Gail? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, we had we our were, own kit. We had our own. Uh, we were on the uh, ice. We had our hockey <laughs> skates, and we were on the you ice. You were on the ice, and, all yeah. right. <laughs> we were a lot on the ice, and uh, yeah, we we became quite proficient. So we could tell that there were some distinct uh, mechanical flaws in Rusty's Rusty's uh, style. Allah, he didn't have one. So yeah, look, I, I think they were both pretty pretty bad. But my my favourite. Worst athletic performance in sports movies. It's actually another movie that I really enjoyed as a kid, but it just made no sense then and it makes no sense now. And and you could tell in the edit that they had so, so few examples of proficiency that they just had to use the same scene over and over and over and over again. And that one was Michael J. Fox in Teen Wolf trying oh to convince us yep. that he could play basketball. And, uh, I mean, the guy was five foot one anyway, so there was that. But he did have the wolf superpowers, which could overcome that. But he he was weak left side. He was weak right side. <laughs> he was just terrible. So on the review, I think that they probably pip some of the golf swings in in this Caddyshack movie. However, there's Rodney Dangerfield is just <laughs> a standout. Like he, he's never held a golf club in his life. Chevy Chase has a has a go, but he's putting it. Four fairs, uh, fairways over into the right. Yeah, it was only really Michael O'Keefe who had, a, I thought, had a pretty swing, but um, yeah, definitely didn't. I didn't think he was getting around the field in uh, in unders. Yeah, well, to, look, to be fair to Al Surfing, he had a broken arm. That's true. Oh, that's true. I think it's broken. Could, that's another one that gets used a lot. A, could be a fracture. <laughs> so a there we go. Nice and well done this week. Yeah, top well five done, worst athletic performances. There's uh, there's. A, a sub-genre of this particular category was worst performances by uh, athletes in movies, but I'll save that for another time. Yeah, well done. All right, very good. Now we move into our favourite segment of the show, the Stan Bush kick-ass credit song. And it was my song this week, but I think that Dan may have written one as well. Do we go for a double shot again? <laughs> I'm, you'll see that I mine was not a huge amount of effort uh, put into it. So I'll just do mine quickly if you like, and then you can get into sure, yours. Sure. Well, so, yeah, look, I yeah. actually did a proper kick-ass credit song this oh, week. But, excellent. Uh, well, but let's, be, let's, let's take it away. So we've got for Chapter 1 of Stan Bush kick-ass credit song, we've got Dan 
What's the name of your song, mate? It's called What the Fuck Was With That Accent, Maggie? And you touched on it before <laughs> and it made me laugh my tits off because I just, uh, anyway, so I'll take it away. And I said to Gal, I forgot the melody, but I'll try and get it out. So here we go. Stan Bush, in the theme of Stan Bush, What the Fuck Was With That Accent, Maggie? What the fuck was with that accent, Maggie? What the fuck? What the actual fuck? Was it your choice to do that accent, Maggie? What the fuck? What the actual fuck? It was shit. It was shit. It was so shit, Maggie. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? The worst accent I've ever heard, Maggie. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? Worse than Quentin in Django and Rusty in Robin Hood and Keanu in Dracula and Don Cheadle in Ocean's 11, 12, 13 and Mike Myers in Goldmember and Nick Cage in Connor and Kate Beckinsale in Van Helsing and even worse than Tom Cruise in Fire and Away with no Kidman Maggie. What the fuck? What the actual fuck, Maggie? <laughs> so what was the name of the song, Morgs? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that was awesome. Oh dear me! That was, that not, was in that was in the tune of "What the fuck, Chuck." That one, oh I don't know what god. melody it was, but it wasn't what it was. Wasn't what well, it was composed in. Well, I, I give you the tip. Like I've forgotten how my song goes. You're gonna have what the actual fuck, Maggie, bouncing around your brain trying to spit oh, it out. No, so. that I should have gone first. I should have gone first. I actually. Uh, Just throw it into mullet. You got a mullet. Get the tune going. <laughs> do that. Oh my god! What the fuck, Maggie? <laughs> Stop! Stop with your accent. Stop! Stop! I'll never get it if you sing fucking mullet. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh, I've got. I'm got. I actually can't. Can't recall. Normally, I sing it into my phone or I record it, but I didn't this time. Uh. Oh god, here we go. Okay, so my song, my my kick-ass credit song is called Foot Wedge. <laughs> Shout out to please. Uh, okay. I never slice unless you're talking my backswing. I find my ball every time. If I hit it in the trees or the bushes are bonkers, it's a perfect lie and it ain't a crime. It's called the foot wedge. It's called winner rules, but I play them in summer. My trusty golf shoe never misses a shot. It's a foot wedge. Bad lies are a gunner. My Nike or my Nickley take my game to the top. It's a foot wedge. And I never miss a shot. It's a foot wedge. While the greenie smoked the pot. It's a foot wedge. While the caddy turns his back. It's the foot wedge from Caddy Shack. Yeah, solid. Good song. Excellent. Good song. <laughs> the foot wedge is served. Some of our uh, friends proudly over the years to bring their, their handicaps down. Some more than others. Some more than others. <laughs> All right. So we'll now move into the star of the show. Gal, who's your MVP for Caddyshack? I'm going to go with Judge Smales. Yeah. Good love call. the character. Just, just the way he brings everything to that, the facials, everything. Um, he's got some of the best lines in the movie. I'm going to give it to Ted Knight for me. Yeah, good call. Morgs, what do you got? Same. Yeah, Ted Knight, I thought, was uh, was my favourite. Just shading Rodney Dangerfield for just more yeah. for what was going on. Like, I just – to learn that he, it was his first uh, movie role was not uh, unexpected because he just – he was just on his own trip, but very, very funny. Yeah, I'm with uh, Judge Smiles, obviously. I gave it away early. He's a legend. He's one of my favourite characters of all time. Some of the most uh, quotable lines in, in uh, movies. Okay. Interesting movie, Caddyshack. 
my gut feel is that if you're not a golfer, you may not rate this as well as if you are a golfer. I think this rewatch, it was more obvious than ever just how much of a golfer's movie this is. But that's going to take us into the rank bank. And I've got a few things here for us to pick from. So we've got Dancing Gophers. We've got Electrified Bishops. We've got Vomit-Filled Porsches. We've got Terrible Irish Accents. We've got Foot Wedges. And we've got Aqua Turds. I was going to suggest foot wedges if you hadn't brought it up, so I'm happy with that. Morgs, what do you reckon? I I like um, uh, I, I like flatulent ducks as an alternative yeah, that's a good as one. well. Um, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah, but no, what was the last one you said? Aquaturds. Aqua, I think it's aquaturds for me. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I like aquaturds. Let's I do, do that. I, we, foot wedges got the song. Yep. So we'll go aquaturds with aquaturds. That, that that scene is the one that stayed with me over the last forty years. Like for sure, it's the most instantly recognisable, I think. So, um, oh mate, yeah. the Jaws music. Yeah, when uh, he eats it. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Megan walked in when that was on. She was chuckling at that as well. Uh, okay, so Gal, how many aquaturds are you giving Caddyshack? I'm going to give it three point two five. Okay, three point two five aquaturds for me. All right. Um, one of those movies you can still put on and watch. It's funny enough. There's some great one-liners in it. I could happily have that in the background. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again, but certainly something that uh, you can you can just have on the TV. Absolutely. And what about you, Dan? How many aquaturds are you giving Caddyshack? Yeah, look, I think you nailed it. As not a golfer's asshole, it is difficult for me to rate it highly. I could watch several scenes in that movie for the rest of my life, just picking it up here and there. But as far as sitting down and watching it from uh, start to finish, I think uh, I'm Marie condoing this bad boy and uh, saying a fond farewell and giving it two and a half aquaturds. Wow. Okay. So I am giving, this was tough for me because I looked at what I gave the Goonies last week and I gave the Goonies 3.5 and I enjoy Caddyshack a lot better than I enjoyed the Goonies. So I'm going to give Caddyshack 3.75 Aquaturds. Now, Gal, do you want to tell us how Caddyshack ranked in the big scheme of things? And I'll just bring it up on the on the page for you. But I hope I gave this more than I gave Goonies. I think I gave Goonies low. You didn't like Goonies, mate. No, because I was going to say, this has got to be better than Goonies. So Caddyshack yeah. has come in at number 29 with 3.17 Aquaturds. Uh, right below Love, actually, at 3.19 US Four Ways and above <laughs> The Lost Boys on three maggot fried rice. So look, yeah, look, I can see it sitting there. Okay. Yeah. Not not bad. Well, you did you you did rate it higher than Goonies, which you gave two point five. You've given, okay, good. You've given Caddyshack three point two five. So you've done yourself well. You guys are going to get some hate mail. Yeah, there's every chance there's some hate mail for this, but I don't mind that. Look, I'd, I there's movies I'd watch this ahead of again. I, I'd probably watch Caddyshack again before I'd watch Backdraft. Uh, but you know, I, I think it sits where it sits. I'm happy I, with my rating three point seven five. I like. The comedies of that era, did this one I don't gravitate to like I do the others, strangely. So I, I think it's got to be a golf thing. I think it's just golf nerds just love it. So, um, yeah, but I, I really do. I really do think it is a golf thing, Dan. Flipper loves it though, and he's, he's definitely not a golf nerd. He, I can't yeah. really think of anyone else that quotes it a lot, but yeah, the golfers definitely love it. 
Yeah, it's definitely a golfing thing. Okay, so what are we watching, boys? Uh, Gal, what do you got to recommend? Nothing this week. Haven't haven't really been watching much TV. Yep. Um, got to find myself a new series. Yep, fair enough. Um, Yellowstone's gone into hibernation. Yep. We're in the mid-series break, so not watching there. And finished everything else I'm watching so far, so. Okay. What about you, Dan? I've been watching fucking heaps, and uh, I don't know why you guys didn't tell me about Mayor of Kingstown previously. Very another, good. Another Taylor Sheridan bit. What happened there? I just, wow, I just I binged that whole thing. Um, completely over-the-top awesome Taylor Sheridan awesomeness, so that was great. I've it might also be the last thing we see from Jeremy Renner. Yeah, I'd, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's very sad. Yeah. So he's obviously yep. uh, yeah. um, Kate, had a, Kate had a Winslet. mishap. No, that's Mayor nah, of Kingstown. Different, yeah, oh, different, so, yeah, different. Mayor of Kingstown. Also, also, King, oh, sorry, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. Also good. No, also good, Gal. Yeah, don't discourage any efforts for taking it up. But yeah, I highly, East Town's amazing. Highly recommend Mayor of East Town. I finished off Succession, not just for whatever reason I hadn't completed season three of that, and that was excellent. Um, and then I watched the first episode of The Last of Us. Which oh, is mate, that was excellent. Excellent. So excellent. If we, if you take nothing out of this episode, and I hope you take nothing, but if you take one thing, uh, go and watch The Last of Us. It is, uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I knew nothing about it. Just that was there was a bit of hype behind it, and uh, yeah, it's just, a video game. It's a video game adaption, which um, would normally I would run to the hills away from, but uh, it's very, yeah. very good. Yeah, wow. There's one scene in there and it's almost like a one and you're just like, how did they shoot this? Like it was just just before the – oh, anyway, I won't spoil it. But, um, yeah. yeah, check it out. Um, has anyone gone any further? Is it Tulsa Kings, Sly's new one? I, I think I've no. probably done three episodes and it's, it's okay. I, yeah, it's I okay. Yeah, All it's right. okay. I, I, it's Go- Gooby's loving it. Yeah, Is it's, he? Been, loving it's it. been great. It's been picked up again for Series 2. Okay. I, yeah. I don't dislike it. I just It just doesn't grab me like those. I like Mayor of, Mayor of Kingstown just, I just okay. straight away, bang, I have to watch the end of this. Whereas Tulsa, I can pick it up and, yeah, it's fine. All right. On Gooby's recommendation, I'm going to give it no, it's 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 great. Uh, okay, so Yellowstone, I'm plowing oh, through it. Oh, he's back. I'm, he's decided. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm into season deep into season three. Uh, so, oh, is that the to, so is that the opening opening episode of season three where they have the massive shootout? The opening episode of season maybe not no, like season four. So there's not a huge season. Season three seems to be delving a lot more into the relationships. It's yep. a bit more. It's a bit more romantic. Slows so down a little. It's about Rip and Beth. You, f- yep. you find the backstory about Beth. You're finding out about uh, Jamie. Um, right. What's his name? The other the other cowhand. Um, a Rip. Uh, well, no, no, no. the um, Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. does rodeo. Jimmy, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, – I'm really enjoying it. I, I, it's sort of – I binge it a lot. I'm watching two and three at a time, um, watching that with Megan. Also watched a movie which I tipped into morgues called The Menu, which stars Ray Fiennes. Um, and he plays a chef at a illustrious restaurant on a on an island that twelve people get invited to, and it's 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 uh, goes to shit very quickly. Right, uh, really good, really well written, really fast. Uh, some really great performances in it. Uh, had no idea what was happening, which was excellent. So it's worth a watch. That's on Disney. Good mm. cast. Uh, great cast. Mm. Got an. Uh, it's got a really good uh, that Anya Taylor Joy's yeah. in it as well. Nicholas um, Holt, yeah. Nicholas Holt's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 John Leguizamo. It's the yeah. it's the Leguizamo sons at Excellent. the moment. So oh, nice. uh, it's got a really good cast. It's it's um 
it's really worth watching. I really enjoyed it. It's one of those ones I knew nothing about. I just heard that it's worth a watch. So yeah, give that on. a crack. Um, all right. So that's it from us. We've uh, we've gotten through another one, uh-huh. and we need to talk about what we're going to. Uh, might be we might give Morgs a crack at this one. He can select a movie very carefully if he'd like to. Otherwise, I've got a couple in the chamber. Yeah, I've, that we I've, can pull out. I've, you never give me a vote, so I didn't chamber one. So you can have another go, and I'll make sure I'm ready for next time. Really? Okay. Mm. All right. Well, we've done we've done two comedies in a row. I, I'm I've been listening to the to the the groundswell from some of our our listeners, and I think we might take ourselves out of our comfort zone. Morgan's is going to hate this. Oh God! It better not be a. Fucker. But I've been recommended to do this by five people. We're doing Pretty Woman. <laughs> We're doing Pretty Woman, and I'm telling you, this this may silence the people after we do a rom-com as to why we haven't done one. It may surprise some people. I'm down with this because I I know a bit about this film and the the making of this film. So yeah, yeah. Look, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone out of my way to watch it this week, but yeah, looking forward to it. But yeah, it's one we can watch movie heaps of times. It's one we can. I know you would have. Yeah. Oh, but it's God. one we can watch with the family, we can watch with the women, we can watch with the girls, and we can watch with our wives. I don't know so if I'm watching it with my daughters. If they're all the same thing. The if they're all the same thing. watch it with the girls and the wives. Then, well, yeah, daughters. We can watch it with our daughters who have daughters and you've got sons, gal, and you might be able to, you know, maybe watch it with Joshy. Pretty woman. Oh, I forgot to say <laughs> earlier, I just had a flash of when you guys were up here on the land and we were hitting the golf ball around out the back and I absolutely duffed one and Joshy G goes, nice shot, Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It was, it was a highlight of all the tri- of the whole trip. Yeah. It was a highlight of the whole trip. Okay, so on that note, we will see you next week for Pretty Woman. Thanks for being with us. It's bye for now. See ya. You're on mute, Dan. Doodaloo. <laughs> and we're going to leave that all in. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.